There's been some great questions. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human being that runs Caffeine Gum Australia. Jeb, you want to know what the most refreshing feeling in the world is? It's when you crack your first spearmint oh, in the morning. Stop There's it. There's nothing better. Nothing oh, better. Fuck yeah. Stop it, Chubby, please. I'm trying to podcast. I know. I woke up at 8 a.m. today. The fuck is that about? Is that late? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's still, I got up before that, but I was not very happy about it. What's going on? Everything well, good? Uh, not, yeah, it's good. Like, unusual. We had a fucking awful weekend. I need to tick this weekend off before. Because um, well, everything I've written down, I have to go to the question. You've you got to ask the questions first because the chances that the questions will have them is is good good probability. All right, how was your weekend? It was fucking shit. Um, so <laughs> it was shit. I had an awful weekend. Um, rolled into East. Um, caught up with, firstly, the Oakman Hunt boys are just the nicest people on the planet. It's, it's you know, when you meet people that are actually too nice. It's fru- They're frustratingly good people. So I had a good yarn to both of them for a while. Um and then I'll tell you, that I ran into Jack Grant later on, who's also way too good of a bloke. It like it makes it very difficult because then you can't demonise them in your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we rolled into East, and obviously, but you know, that, it, the problem is we keep running into teams that are playing for their fucking seasons, um, and we're not playing like that at the moment. So, like they just they scored three really really good transition tries. Um, and they intercept at the end, but they, you know, they set piece wise, like we probably got like seven, eight scrum penalties, ran 90% and stole three balls. So combine that with the fact that, combine that with ease, like the outcome's fucking amazing. Like they've done amazingly well to take advantage of what they were really good at, which is that transition, just that eyes up football and also defending. Like they defended sort of 10 or so A zone entries. So they've certainly got a bit of ticker, um, but it's another it's another slip up for us, which makes it fucking hard. I think I was saying to you offline. Obviously, Eastwood are one of the uh, clubs that are traditionally up the higher end of the table. So every game you guys play, people are going to be at their best against you guys, or, or or you know close to their best against you guys. So I guess that's just a different sort of challenge that you guys have to face. Um, yeah, it's hard with how, with how close the sort of bottom four is, or the bottom, you know, to squeeze into the eight. It's pretty tight. Um, I think you can't afford too many more slip ups from any team. No, um, we've got a crazy run home. So, like, you know, the reality is our season is we've had some really good wins against good sides. <laughs> you know, like beating North and Cowra when they were flying, things like that. But then, great, great place, Cowra, by the way. Yeah, I've heard really good things. No, no disrespect to. <laughs> Some other teams, but like, you know, Gordon were on a losing streak-ish when we ran into them. You know, we lost to Randwick early. Like, games where, we, like, you really got to put them away for later in the season so that you can afford to have a slip up. Um, yeah. So things are getting very tight now. So, um, yeah, it was kudos to um, kudos to Weiss, and, and they did some really good things around that transition. Um, so I went home uh, sulking. Um Went and was halfway through reviewing the game, and then I decided, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go out and meet my mates in Paddington. Um, 
very quiet pub, just watched the end of the Wallabies, hung around for a bit. Um, and then I turned around at one point and like, there was a massive table of East supporters there. Like all the boys, so like Jack, Jack Grant, like Charlie Clifton, um, a few of like guys I went to school with. And I was just like, Oh no, like they've been on the piss for 12 hours. Um, obviously Jack hasn't, but I went over and I was like, mate, well done, Jack. You're like fucking, you were outstanding today. Like well done. And he's a really nice dude. And then I obviously just getting heckled by other people. So in good spirit though, it was good nature, but I thought, fuck me, I've made a wrong decision coming to Paddington now. I can't make any right decision. How, um, <laughs> how, how much of a difference does your team winning and losing make to your week? Well, my, it completely ruins my weekend, completely ruins my weekend. And then it, and, it makes a massive difference. It, it honestly makes the biggest fucking difference. Um, from the second the game ends, or actually no, from during the game to the second the game ends to the review to like the, you know, a lot of the times like, you know, you've got selection issues then and you've got, you, you know, Sunday's gone and time you would have spent maybe trying to progress like fucking going, yeah, that was mad. Let's like, let's add a little something here, a little flair there. You got to go back and address because it wasn't done well. It makes it, it's. Oh, put it simply, my week's ruined. Did you get on the grass much last week? No. Yeah, that that's a contributing factor. Well, surely. It, it is, uh, but like, I think a lot of teams in Sydney will be dealing with the same thing. And last time we played East, we trained on a tennis court. So okay, so you can't like, really use that as an. Excuse. Oh no, it's there's no excuses. Like oh, I'm not. It's fucking no excuses at all. We're very much looking forward to the fact we got to play dry. Dry footy. So, um, but that leads me to actually, no, I can't say anymore. I will say, cause I might touch on one of the areas that'll make me angry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the, the comp just was, it was just a fucked weekend of footy. Like it, I fucked in a good way. Like Hunter got up, um, Parra got up, uh, West Harbour got up. Like it's honestly like every week, like I don't pay any attention to the scores during the game. And obviously, someone pulls it up as soon as the game's over. And it's just these days like a lottery. Like, oh, i got no fucking idea. Hey, what about the South boys um, had a scrum 10 metres out from the uni line? They thought, you know what? We'll go for a pushover. They're going forward towards the line, get within a couple of metres from the line. The ball slips out the back. There's a little bit of backline play. Someone gets held up over the line. End of the game. And uh, they ended up losing by six points. Mm. So it could have been a really crazy weekend. That is a crazy weekend. I hate, I hate the held up over the line uh, rule. Um, but yeah, it could have been fucking wild. Um, honestly, I don't think I can talk about anything else because anything else could come into question. So I've got a lot of things to discuss, but yeah. it could all be correlated to things that make me angry. Well, that's the whole point of this episode because um, obviously I had a wonderful weekend. Yeah, you, Newcastle. yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's very rude of me. Your weekend looks <laughs> fucking lovely. So I'm sorry for being so self-centered. Your weekend no, looks no, fantastic. No. Not at all. Um, you know, I've got a lot of feedback on the podcast over my weekend away. And um, by far and away, people's most enjoyable parts is when you lose the plot and ramp. So I've made a big effort this week to collect material that might actually trigger you. And um, hopefully we can increase our viewer base and then, you know, eventually start a beer company and then, you know, live... Uh, happily ever after in some kind of Willy Wonka chocolate factory type situation. That's Wait. a long term. <laughs> that's a long term vision. Um, Lock it in. 
Well, no, I, I had a great weekend. So I went up there Thursday, um, ended up staying up there till Sunday. Uh, I had a lovely time. Commonwealth Hotel, shout out to the good people there. Stuart, the publican, mm. uh, great two years old on tap. I know you're a big two years old guy. I actually do like two years old, yes. Go on. Del- delicious, absolutely delicious. And no, it was Creamy. good, mate. The boys, the boys um, stood up and uh, it was one of those games that were dominated by tactical kicking, in my opinion. Um, and the mall ended up being the thing that decided it. So it was good. I had a great time. Boys are great, and uh, I'm really enjoying my time up there. Once again, set you up for a fucking nice weekend. Um, but, you know, you're enjoying your time. Yet. Well, I mean, we discussed offline prior to that as well. So, I mean, that's it's good that sort of things are, I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, quite, it's different coaching people that you didn't play. Um, obviously you played at Eastwood, I played at South and then you've gone to a whole new situation and you've got to kind of reestablish and, and, you know, sort of prove yourself again. So it's been, uh, very good for me and, um, uh, they're great guys. There's a bunch of good forwards there. The coaches are great and, uh, yeah, Sweet. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it very much and, um, uh, hopefully it can help the boys shake up the competition for the rest of the year and see what happens. 100%. I mean, with that said. Let's get me angry. Let's get you angry. You see the Joe Biden clip where he read the teleprompter thing? <laughs> Where's all the fucking Biden supporters now? Where are you all now, cowards? Hey, that is, for, those that, uh, for those who haven't heard it, he was clearly reading off a teleprompter and then it said like end of line or something. And he read, obviously meaning to go to the next line. Yeah. And then he read that. And then the next part he had to repeat. And he read the repeat part, not the line twice. Yeah. It is not American. Inflation will not continue. Repeat. (laughs) Like, he's he's a dinosaur. He's a leader of the free world. Well done, everyone. Um, Okay. Some very, very, very heated questions. Oh, shout out to Liam Winton. Uh, Had a great time. Um, having him listen to me just dribbling, uh, watching the, the Wallaby game on the weekend. Absolutely great bloke. I don't know if he likes shout-outs, but I just keep giving them to him anyway. Okay. Scary player. Very scary player. Uh, one of the very good coach, too. I reckon he's got to be one Yeah, of he's the running. Yeah, he's running a very, very good set-piece over there. If um, not the best forwards coach in the shoot shield, in my opinion. Certainly runner-up to Laurie Weeks and the most handsome. Um, Laurie's easily number one. 100%. It's not even close. Do you think listening to the random punters giving you coaching advice may work? If they're, if they're random punters, no, it's not going to work. How the fuck would they know what's going on like in this 40 hours a week? Fucking the random punters. You know what? I, I've said this before. I think the random punters who actually have some concept of rugby – I do like listening to them because they see things that you don't see. And they that might be very, very surface level or that might be about a player or that might be... and that. So I actually, in that respect, I changed my mind. Like last weekend, I went into TG and I was talking to my dad's mates and they're like, you know, he, he, he hasn't been good lately. And, you know, it makes you reconsider, you know, well, has he been good lately? Or like, you guys are just not kicking enough. Like, you're running too much ball. And sometimes those just surface level observations... <coughs> are actually spot on. So I, I really like to get a, a, a an opinion like that from the sky. I usually get it from my dad, um, but I don't mind that. In terms of just that's dribbling... Better, that, that's better, though. That you know those people and actually having selected... Oh, dribbling, dribbling fucking people? No, they can fuck off. 
I like that. I, I've had this experience where obviously, you know, I do highlight reels for a living. One of the, one of the few things I do for a living. And I, I had this conversation with a person about a well-known former Wallaby over a hundred test caps. You can probably guess who he is, but this, this, this person's telling me he's shit. I don't know how he keeps getting picked. He's terrible. You know, he offers nothing. And I've said to him, I've literally looked at everything this guy's done for the last three years, probably closer than anyone on planet Earth. I played 200-odd games of rugby. I'm a coach. Um, I'm telling you he's not shit. He's making fucking yeah, line fans against the All Blacks. Let's, let's just meet oh, in the middle of not, not shit. Oh, what the fuck would you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Good point. Fuck you. This has been a great start already, Jen. I'm fucking enjoying the hell out of this conversation. Fuck me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Does Tim Maguire have a valid point regarding his recent Facebook comments? All right, so this is is on my list. So this is actually a good story. So... um... Should we, should we tell people? I'll tell the people that comment. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a Facebookman. I don't do Facebook. But one of my mates screenshotted like a as a comment. And like, mate, people were fucking, everyone's got an opinion. Like, sweet, whatever. And he screenshotted sent to me after the game. So to that friend, not very helpful because I was trying to fucking focus on not driving off the Harbour Bridge. And you fucking sent me that shit. So he's gone, Woods is fucking looking shit, something, something, something. The coaches are on shaky ground, or should the coaches not be on shaky ground at this point, etc. Now, the irony of the comment is it, it's made me think two things. But the first one is I've got to tell the story of, about the guy. So the guy has been supporting Eastwood for like three years, right? And I, it's my he he's only affiliated through me. So one day I was going to see my grandfather. Um, who I was very close with at a retirement home, and I'd see him every Friday. And this bloke, obviously, like your grandparents, like they just talk about their grandkids, you know. And he's like, he, he was working there, this bloke, and he comes in, and he's like, oh, this is my grandson, he plays rugby, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, really, who for? And I, he's like, hey, I'm like, oh, Eastwood. He's like, oh, my neighbor supports Eastwood. Oh, mate, I'm going to come to the games. I'm going to start coming to the games. I was, oh, that's good, man. I was like, awesome. Go back next Friday. I see him, hey, mate, how are you? Then he comes into the room two minutes later. He's got an Eastwood hat on. And I'm like, well, this is fucking accelerated very quickly, but kudos to him. Starts coming to all the games. Starts adding all the boys. Hasn't met anyone. Just firing. Sounds like a well-known Sydney rugby identity just quietly, but continue. Yeah, firing. Just like, just post-match. Adding the coaches. Firing thoughts post-match. Very, very little rugby background as well. Um, changes his Instagram to Woods fan. Um, <laughs> and no, this is a real story. Like anyone at Eastwood right now can tell you this. Um, changes his Instagram to Woods fan. Just for, and obviously, like, this might, we'll get to a point later. Like, for three years, like, Eastwood fairly successful. Um, like, throws, throwing, com- throwing comments at Batcher, like, post game in the DMs just about, like, third grade wingers who need to be in first grade, you know, the fourth grade hooker needs to be in first grade, like just shit like that. Just, just absolute bizarreness. Um, you know, telling players that they didn't play well, it did play well and just hang, hanging around. Eventually he became a certified touch judge and ended up touch judging all the lower grade games, but he's since left for some reason. Um, and he's 
continued. I think he, he may or may not have changed his Instagram name from Woods fan. But the bitter irony of this whole situation is it all started because I went to see my fucking grandfather at a nursing home. And this guy latched on to the... And then now he's trying to knife me. Now he's trying to knife me in the fucking Eastwood old boys' comments. He's trying to knife me. You wouldn't even... You'd still be at the nursing home, mate. You're fucking knifing me for... Like, you, you, you wouldn't have, think of how many, he sent 400 fucking DMs to people who didn't know. How many, like, how many would he have been able to send if I didn't meet him that day? Like, I'm trying to send my fucking grandfather and I'm getting my ear chewed, getting my ear chewed off by someone I don't fucking know. Um, and the other thing, <laughs> so look, on face value, it was very funny because it was like, yeah, sure, shake, whatever. I, who gives a fuck? At some point, you're always going to get criticised. I got criticised as a player. I'm happy to be criticised as a coach. Um, but then the back, knowing with the backstory as well, I was like, this is fucking <laughs> just insane. But the second thing, and I, I, is it, it did make it did make me think because like he's not the he's not the only one who's had the like thrown some thrown some heat around. We have a portion of our fans, and we can t- we'll maybe talk about this later. They're spoiled. They're fucking spoiled. Like, you're never going to have adversity. Like, we've had grand final 11, 13, 14, 15, 20, never missed the top, never missed the finals. And four out of the other three were major semis. Spoiled. Like, deal with some adversity. Team, your team's dealing with it. You're still in fourth. So just fucking pop down. And just let it happen. I think Kyle, Kyle Sherwin's leading so far in our question competition. That was well, outstanding. Yeah, he's just a fucking. He's probably going to fuck. Apparently, Greg Down added himself to the Eastwood Old Boys group and starting throwing shade on some of the comments there as well. Is that accurate? I went on to. I don't know because I, I, I don't do Facebook, but I did see a while ago. He threw something at someone, and I just said, he, "Can we keep, like? What are you? He's not a fucking old boy." Kick him off. And I think they did. So hopefully that happened. But it's funny, like the Eastwood main page for a very long time, all it posted, and I don't know who has control of the socials. I suspect someone over 30 and over 40 and perhaps over 50 um, were just deaths. That's the only thing Eastwood posts. So it's like former player dead, funeral Friday. Next one, former player dies, funeral Friday. So there's no like contemporary like videos, cool shit, come down this weekend. It's just death, 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 death. Until the point where someone actually mentioned it to them, to administration, like, hey, guys, how about we stop just posting deaths on our fucking Facebook page? Like, do you think that would be a positive idea for the for the club? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, you're easily ahead. Fuck you, sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. What are your thoughts on Blockade Australia taking over the field at Milner? If Blockade Australia took the field of Milner, I would I would take arms against them. I would take up arms immediately, and I, I'm not even laughing. You're, you're laughing. I'm not fucking laughing. Blockade Australia are a fucking absolutely hypnotised group of drug addicts from fucking Byron Bay, and I would grab two or three of my closest friends, I would round them up, and I would beat them very, very firmly, but in a manner of self-defence, and then I would drag them to change room one, and fucking throw them in an ice bath away for the police because they are a fucking disgrace of an organisation. I hate them, 
and they don't cop enough shit. Do you think that, Chubby, do you think people are strapping themselves to shit in Russia or fucking, what's another country that doesn't fuck around? South Africa? Like, are are people chaining themselves to shit? No, because they just get shot and then the fucking, the cars keep going. It's Australia. We're very nice to everyone. You can chain yourself to the Harbour Bridge and people will just sit there. Mate, anywhere in Asia, anywhere in Africa, that the, the fucking Mercedes is just accelerating into you. So blockade Australia, you open invite, come to TJ Milner. You catch these fucking hands. This is my favourite episode by far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Murphy did well there. That was a good oh, question. <laughs> Uh, I still think Kyle's leading, but that was a very, very good rant. Oh, um, unbelievable. Okay, this is an interesting... Oh, there's ooh, multiple questions here. Okay, unpopular opinion. The pre-match refs front row chat is absolutely necessary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, a, it's, it's an enormous waste of time. And I, look, I don't think... <laughs> I have to agree with you there. It, oh, it's a huge waste of time. I mean, unless there's been a drastic rule change from the six days prior, then um, I don't... I mean, I, like, we, as you said, like, we, I'm refs, I'm, a couple of refs listen. I think they'd probably say the same thing. I mean, the cadence is the same, the scrum's the same, and, yeah, it's a massive waste of time. <laughs> now I think about it, I haven't thought about it in a while. So your unpopular opinion is fucking wrong because you said it's necessary. It's completely unnecessary and stupid. Um, and I think that... I think refs would be on our side with that. I, th- I wonder if there's a law that you have to do it. I uh, remember when they changed the rules a few years ago and then they started doing the pre-match speech every year, uh, every game, just to try and get people into it. I think they changed with the crouch, bind, hold, engage or whatever. It yeah, was. yeah. Well, look, if it's, had a, if it's had a positive net effect somewhere, someone's got some data on that, then sure, keep it around. But otherwise, I've just got to drag fucking one of the tight heads off the, t- who's taking a shit and get him out because... We need to stand in a circle for 45 seconds. I, it's, you know, like we respect the refs, respect the rules as is. We don't need to see, we don't need to like pre-chat, I don't think. Honestly, I'm going to do everything I can to make you famous because this is fucking gold. This whole thing. I've got, mate, I've got my own things that I'm angry about this week as well. That's the irony. I'm going to leave you with a fucking. I, I just don't have strong opinions about things. I'm just like, oh, could be right, could be wrong. I agree with you there. The refs uh, chat is a waste of time. It's not their fault okay. either. It's not. They get told what to do. And great blokes, refs. We're big ref guys on this show. Uh, female athletes deserve equal pay regardless of the revenue they generate. I'm going to say yes, they do. And it should be on the business to increase the revenue of their business. Would you like to say a sentence that makes sense? Because that made no sense, what you just said. I don't mean the premise. I mean, you just said business three times in a row and hoped it fucking worked. I think that the, I think that what they should do is they should pay, get paid the exact same as men, and the sporting body should try and create a business model to make up for it. Put it I think back it, on them. I think it should be incentivized as it is in I would say fucking almost every sport that they be paid more than their revenue they earn, but equal. I was actually fuck. I don't know who got me on this because I was fucking reading about this the other day with the US women's soccer team. Of course you fucking shouldn't. It's economics. If you drag in zero and you want a hundred back, like I think you need to incentivize. We've spoken about this before. The NRL is clearly incentivizing NRLW. It's raising the 
the the fees it's raising like it's it's doing it before it's popular which was your point about a lot of sports so like we need to get that super w women paid i agree with that yeah. even though revenue wouldn't reflect that now does it have does does it get to a level of equality in pay no because the equality in what you're doing isn't the same and either is the equality of the outcome which is the fact that 200 million people might tune into one thing and fucking 5,000 tune into the other. You can't be paid the same. But does it need to be incentivized? 100%. I'm behind that. Um, and I think, to be honest, in almost every sport, that's what's happening at the moment. So, Just to clarify for our 5,500 listeners, uh, if they were bringing in the same revenue, you would totally agree to pay equality. That's what happens in the world. Despite whatever fucking bullshit people think, like if me and... Oh. Look at UFC. Look at tennis. If me and a, like a if, if a second year lawyer, mate, exactly. If a second year lawyer rolled up to a law firm, and I rolled up as well, and we both got the exact same job as a fucking clerk or whatever the fuck, I'm not getting paid more than it. It's the same fucking role. So if a woman makes the Wallabies as five eight, she can get that coin, but she, they don't. So, like, now that gender's fucking fluid anyway, try out for the Wallabies. If you make the team, then you can get whatever fucking salary you want. If you don't make the team, then can't help you. Um, firstly, great question, Ed Craig. I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, if Ed, you're in tubes. You're in tubes this week. That's all right. Hunter Wildfires will have you, Ed Craig. Uh, the other thing on that is, have you noticed the AFL have just kicked off their own women's competition as well? So if I was rugby, I'd be getting very, very nervous because um, I've already seen some of Australian, some good sevens girls who are like not quite Australian sevens, but on the fringes of making that elite pathway, jump over to AFLW. So Yeah, like Chloe Dalton did it, uh, Brooke yeah. Walker. Um, there's a couple more as well. So again, I'm one of the only people who watches all the women's sport, so I will continue to comment on it whilst yes other people don't watch anything and complain a lot yes exactly right okay uh, that was great i enjoyed that enormously okay the melbourne rebels are the best at talent identification in super rugby i would say i would argue and you could formulate a fairly good argument that <laughs> melbourne have not developed more than five players in a decade so Obviously, that is a triggering question, but I've literally sat down and tried to figure out young talent who's gone there, who've come back better, or gone somewhere else better. And mm, the one Rob, Rob the Ada, yep, uh, Reese Hodge, hundred percent. Jordy Ulysses, uh, a local boy. You, you could argue that he's not playing as well as he has, but he's still played for the Wallabies. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The, the, you get the Victorians. All right, I'll, I'll cop. So there's what like two. But like in terms of talent identification, people brought down from Brisbane, people brought down from New South Wales, people brought in from England, people brought in from fucking South Africa, don't care. In terms of how many have turned out as absolute fucking killers. Matt Phillip. Yep, there's there's one. This is what I'm saying. Like it's not, it's so no, obviously the answer is they've got awful talent identification, have had awful talent identification for their entire existence. Um, but, I'd say Billy, Billy Meeks really developed in Europe. Because I was going to say him, but he he did a stint overseas. Yeah, and then he, I don't know if you recall, he also killed it at the force. And then that's the whole reason he ended up in Melbourne. So, like, I've, I've sat too. down and done this before, and there's less than, you could probably count on both hands, 
the amount of people they've actually developed and made good, which is fucking not good for a 10-year-old franchise, 12-year-old franchise. So, Laurie, Laurie Weeks, the GOAT? Laurie Weeks was developed at the Reds. And the task, to be fair. All right, that's another great question. Did you have anything further to add, Dan? No, they need help. Outstanding. Castle Hill is going to be great for the Woodies. <laughs> I don't know if that's a question. It's more. Oh, like it's just so Eastwood obviously Eastwood's moving from TJ at some point. Um, it's meant to be next year we move. Um, so I always just take that and add five. Uh, so it won't be next year. It might be the next year after that. Apparently, our demographic is out there. So it might it could be terrific, but I think any club and I, I, there's some fucking great home grounds in this comp, man. I think any club lose, moving away from the home ground is going to struggle, and because you lose all the history, you lose all the vibes. Like whether you fucking hate Eastwood or love Eastwood, TJ's an old fashioned fucking rugby ground, just like you know, just like Foreshore, just like Randwick or oh, Clavelli. Like it's it's that's what it is. So it's going to be horrifically poor for Eastwood. Financially, it's really, really important, um, but they're going to have to spend millions of dollars to make sure that they have a decent team because when they move, they will lose everyone. Um, just on grounds, can I tell you my first experience at Newcastle number two? It's fantastic. How good is it? It's fucking fantastic. Mate, I, I was blown away by it. I'd like, I remember driving past it and going, that's got to be a league ground, surely, because it's got the nice grandstand, but it's, it's a rugby ground. Fucking fantastic. Um, anything further to add on the Castle Hill statement there? No, not really. Look, to be, they had to that to sell because of a deal they did fucking twenty years ago, which basically got them out of short term debt, but fucked them long term. And now they're going to be really, really rich. But you best believe that like turnover is going to be fucking enormous when they decide to move to Castle Hill. Half our teams from the Central Coast. It's going like, to be hard to recruit players with only a two hundred thousand dollars salary cap. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to have to blow that salary cap out to Real Madrid to get people to go to Castle Hill. So, um, that, that was good, Pods. Um, enjoyed that question. <laughs> enjoyed that question a lot, mate. <laughs> I love okay. Pods. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, just walking in the background. The TMO in the Australia versus England match interfering every third phase. Not a question, but unbelievable. Unfucking. Uh, I think it was an Irish lady. Unfucking believable Like un- unbelievable The TMO And I don't know if there's one about the All Blacks If there's no question about the All Blacks <laughs> Then this could win Because we've lost our minds Eddie Jones said post-match We've lost our fucking minds Like Referees are so restricted in what they can and cannot call It's not their fucking fault It's really not Whatever fucking people sit in some ivory tower somewhere in France And make these decisions on what's going to be the laws and not. You cannot go for an intercept anymore. I could go for a two-handed fucking intercept and drop it and get sent off. On the weekend, Angus Tarval fucking knocked himself out with one of the most classic head clashes you'll get. Head clashes happen, full contact sport, people running each other. Occasionally, you'll get wrong-footed, you clash heads. Now, Angus Tarval lying fucking unconscious on the ground with 20 stitches, pissing blood. Do you think he went into that tackle like, ooh, I'm really going to do a number here. Or he had any degree of carelessness. He's fucking, mate, the, the bloke probably can't talk anymore. He'll be drinking through, he'll be eating through a fucking 
uh, thing, <laughs> a straw for the next fucking two months, and he got red carded, red carded. So what the fuck are we doing to our sport? Truthfully, like if we're gonna, if we're gonna have to meet in the middle ground, and we're gonna keep all these ridiculous fucking rules um, and ridiculous calls, then reds have to be worth twenty. Yellows might as well be worth five because they hand them out like Daniel Tupo cleaning out that guy. And this is something that how the fuck does he clean him out is my question. How, how I, I would love to see Ward Rugby show me how to clean someone out who's lying flat planking, doing the planking challenge on the on one of your players. How are you supposed to clean him out? Do you, do you, do you, do you touch him with all 10 fingers first and like push him off like a fucking loaf of bread like what are you supposed to do it, it it's it's so fucking embarrassing and five pl- and the, the worst part is that the, like the referee on field stands right in front of it watches it happy with it and then gets chirped three minutes later hello we need to go double check that one like there was a clean out by tony Tupo eight minutes ago let's look at it and he's off it, it's it's fucked the game is going down the toilet that was a fucking great question by the Dan Lord there. That's my brother. I should follow him back on Instagram because that oh. was fucking that was fucking great. Yeah. My, uh, do you think do you think I, I have a theory that if you can't see it in the flesh or the AR see it, it should just be play on. I have that theory until like we're talking about someone getting punched in the fucking temple, nowhere near the ball or something like that. Like I'm happy for that to be reviewed by the TMO. Uh, but like the the rock infringements, and I, was, I keep saying this: you, if you slow, if you decide to slow down any series of pick and drive, you, you'll just get you'll have five six red cards. The seal penalty, you know, the seal penalty where they penalize. <sighs> don't it don't seal. start me on the seal. But there's twenty to thirty of them a game, and they might pick up two. Yeah, that's that's my issue yeah. with the seal penalty at the moment. And clearly, like it's being pushed down. Like we need to do this. But my point is, like, they're, they're two examples of like. Say leading with the head, dangerous contact, blah blah blah, and ceiling. If you just go to any pick and drive sequence throughout the whole game, there'll be ten of them. So, so and when did they? Sorry to interrupt you. I just have things rushing in my brain. I have to say them. When did they? When did they force you to start feeding the scrum straight? Was that the last couple of weeks? Because apparently they're picking up on it now. And I've seen a number of penalties in the shoot shield for scrum feds not being straight after not seeing scrum penalties for not feeding the ball straight for years at all levels of rugby. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's somewhat implied that you're not going to feed the ball straight. You just It's just a matter of how crooked you feed it, which I'm fucking, I'm okay with. Chuck um, it straight to the number eight's feet. Uh, without getting, yeah, without getting super technical, the, when they took away the hit and made the scrum lower, it's now very hard to fucking strike, so... If you feed it perfectly straight, you're going to have to hire a gymnast as your hooker. Otherwise, you're not going to get the fucking ball back. I'm sure I've said this story before, but Brandon Pangramosa played for the Reds and he didn't even know how to strike for the ball. Oh, well done, Southern Districts. Well, we just pushed that <laughs> over it, Chad. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got that guy. When you got that guy at hooker, you just fucking hold on and go for it. Um, Dan Lord, great question. Thank you very much, sir. You're obviously Fuck. the better Gillespie. Fuck you, Dan Lord. Right, you'll enjoy this question, and it's from our good friends at Cowra Eagles Rugby. I fucking love Cowra Eagles Rugby. Great place, good people. Cowra Lamb is top notch. Uh, Cowra Eagles first grade, 10 wins from 11 games. Fingers crossed. Happy explode. Fingers crossed. Love you, Jed. Well, I love him. 
I love them. And the, the only thing, and that, like people think I'm joking, and it is a good running joke, but I do check the Cowra Eagles score every time that my game finishes, and I refresh to see what they're up to in the clubhouse. And they're fucking playing well. I think they're away again. So we we have you. We've discussed this, and we've got a, an offer from them that if they somehow our schedules align and that they end up making the semis or the grand final or whatever, we're going to go out there for that. Not only will we go out there for that, I'll make myself available for low grades that day because that is how much I fucking like our road. Great place, great people, mate. Fucking outstanding. Um, that was a great question from the Cara Eagles. Just hold on one sec, Mr. Gillespie. I've got a couple more questions for you, and then we can go on with your rants for the day. I haven't even got to what I want to rant about yet. Mate, well, this is some of them. Easily, easily my funnest episode by far. Uh, okay, do Eastwood's tight white jerseys hurt their lower grades numbers? Potentially. I haven't thought about it like that. As in, our fat people don't want to play because they'll look too fat. I will say that at times the, the white jersey is not flattering, no. So no, I'm a black shirt guy. Obviously, you're very similar, you know, obviously as well. But um, the white shirt, you reckon it's dodging some of the thicker boys? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, I think they're willing to take the thickness hit and just get on there. I, I think what's hurting lower grade numbers is fucking the Wuhan flu and f- people remembering they can go and drink beers on a Friday again. And travel has every second person in Europe at the moment. Oh, also, you can't train anywhere in the world in Sydney right. because everything's underwater. So thank you, Jesus. It just rain constantly. Not a bad question. Not a great question. We'll move on. What did Jed think of Chubby's mum getting a birthday shout-out on his Realist Rugby Facebook page? That must be Uncle Greg. I thought it's it was, thought it was great and appropriate. Why the fuck wouldn't he do that? That question annoys me more than the fucking content. The content doesn't annoy me at all. It's a fucking weird question. Of course, if it's your mum's birthday, you shout around your fucking thing. Like, who gives a fuck? I respect that. She's a great character. And um, I've had far more people say to me, oh, you're the coffee van lady's son, <laughs> which is which is fine. I hope she kills it. And she is killing it. I'll tell you a story offline of some good things that have happened to her lately. Like that. Uh, which you'll blow your fucking mind, actually. Um uh, Okay, not a bad question, not a good question. A little bit annoyed, but um, that's uh, Tafka Fletch. Good work, buddy. Okay, as a big OJ Simpson fan, did Jed enjoy ESPN's documentary? I can't say I'm a fan of OJ murderers. He's murders. Um, he's obviously gone 2-0 in terms of murders, but I am a fan. The documentary was quite good. Hell of an athlete as well. Hell of an athlete. And now he's on uh, social media, and he's a truly bizarre character. Um, he's been arrested for the lady. The lady years when he moved to Florida. Yeah, he moved like to Florida. There's, there's girls. Years of film, age. Yeah, there's girls filming himself in his hotel room. Um, I'd have to say I'm still probably not a fan of OJ Simpson, given the two cold-blooded murders. Um, but some of the other things I could get around. So some uh, sure he must be one of those guys who just likes constant chaos like he needs to feel something whether it's the highest of highs or the lowest of lows he can't just be like a level-headed dude well, he um he killed two people chubby so he uh he's not that level-headed and also we've got to remember we have to blame him for the kardashians existing so he he, he foots not only the burden of 
taking two lives, but he took a whole generation um, with creating Kim Kardashian, etc. Okay. Not a great question from Wondering Bear Sports there, but not a great <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, I can't quite fully answer this one, as uh, ask this one, as uh, obviously we're big Wayne Borzak fans on this show. And the second part of this question, um, you know, probably Wayne wouldn't uh, respect or appreciate, but well, I don't. Yeah, I don't, question, yeah, I don't want uh, anything. Bad. I like Wayne a lot. So. No, no, no. The, uh, the the second part's not too bad, but it's you know, as someone that's trying to make his way in the world of politics or whatever he does every day, uh, he probably wouldn't appreciate it. But thoughts on Wayne, the Wayne Borzak party, and the Wayne Borzak. Uh, no, I won't ask the second part. Thoughts on the Wayne well, Borzak he, party. So he 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 ran for um, Hunters Fisher Shooters. Um, so my thoughts are they're just another like branded conservative party. So, I mean, you got one, you, uh, the, the other, like their equal and op- op- opposition is the Greens party. So I have, I think it's a fairly good party. He interestingly did tell me though, um, that they have a zero, they have a zero policy stance on renewable energy which is very bizarre so they've gone <laughs> the exact opposite of but they don't like renewable no, well, so the greens are like we need renewable energy and we need it now the world is on fire then you sort of take away one two coal plants and everyone's bill goes up and they go whoa what happened um whereas on the other side you've got them who they're like nah bucket we're not doing any renewable energy i don't know whether it's out of spot but um, that seems like it's probably a touch extreme. I would do it if it becomes like the cheapest option. So my I thoughts are, I would have, if Wayne was in my electorate, he would have received my vote and I may or may not run for them in the future. I'd love that. You and Wayne, that'd be a great uh, president, vice president sort of running party. I'm a hey, well, Zach fan, as you know. We'd fucking lock down a podium, no issues, eh? Like, no, no one's squeezing into that podium. Fucking very, very strong. You know, just get it right side up. Okay, um, not the best qu- question from Jose Wayland there. Uh, I don't like this question at all. It says, not a question, but big fan man, keep it up. That's from official me. Je- official <laughs> <Jake Gillespie>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. How long has the current dry spell been going for? I'm not answering this question on, on this podcast. A couple of days, or I'll tell you something. You've been you've been looking outside lately, Chubby. I haven't. I've been stuck in my little world. It's been raining. I've noticed that. It's been raining. <sighs> So don't so you worry. Been, so you've been yeah. killing it. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying I'm not answering that question. I look outside and it has been raining. Gentleman never speaks. I have great respect for that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk offline, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is one for me. Question for Chubby. Favorite all-time sporting experience? 2015 Australian Barbarians Tour. <laughs> 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 not, I was thinking, actually, we talk about it every week, but it was the single dumbest thing that Rabia Shea decided to do ever. It was like, right, let's take 20, 30 guys who are probably not going to play professionally or are on their way out 
or not quite good enough and send them to New Zealand with very little responsibilities. I had a great time. Oh, to be it fair, a, it was the best we time of my life. We had a, one of the other props ended up playing for the All Blacks. That's true, actually. Tyrell Lomax did play for the yeah, All Blacks. But... Rodney Iona, Brumbies, Samoa. It's true. There's a, bu- a bunch of guys ended up playing Super Rugby. Oh. Yeah, that, I mean, they were good players. My point was they weren't they weren't like high profile at the time. Like, no, like Tyrell could go out and have a few schooners, and you know, he was disgusted by me, as I'm yeah. sure he probably still is. Well, I had to fucking sleep in the living room because one of you two snores like a fucking train. I can't remember if it's you or him. Well, I think it's probably me because five or six days I'm just red wine and cheese and fucking espresso martinis and God now, only night off. Us. Our only night off drinking, we had a fucking cheese and red wine night in our room. No, no, it wasn't no, a night no, off your, drinking. Your, your memory's fucking, your memory's shaky. It was a day off from training. We had nothing to do. So we thought, you know what? Let's have a red wine and cheese party. And I got refused service in the supermarket. Oh, so did I, so did I, so did I. That's right. New Zealand, oh, no. that's one thing I will hold against you forever. The fact that I was 24 or 25, Chubby would have been 34, 35. We, I, we both looked awful, and you, Terrible. they wouldn't. We couldn't use our fucking passports. Like what? How do we? How do we buy? How do people get drunk over there? Like Lord knows, any anyone in fucking Palmerston North over the age of eleven is drinking schooners after three o'clock, let alone and we're over there. We, just, I swear, it's because we're Australian. That that was my best like memory from from my rugby career. Uh, in terms of like the most fun I've had, but but the best sporting event I've ever been to was the Australian Open tennis, and I saw Novak Djokovic play Stan Wawrinka in a quarterfinals. It was five set. I went to a tiebreaker in the fifth. Unbelievable, unbelievable experience. I really, really enjoyed that. So that was probably up there. Um, I went to the UFC when I was in Sydney. Loved it. Yep, that's good. What, what about you? What's your best sporting experience? I've been to the MCG three times to watch the AFL and I've made it a cumulative <laughs> two and a half quarters. Two and a half quarters I made it. Um, I made it to half time only because I paid for the tickets and thought I should. Fucking AFL supporters are the worst supporters. At least leagueies are entertaining. Like they're rough around the edges and there's yeah, like you know, they, people are passing cocaine around at the grand. Yeah, they hit their kids and they fucking, oh, you know, get you arrested. Know, the ref, fuck you. First and but, but yeah, yeah like, I, yeah, I had a great time at the league. Incredible time. AFL, some of the weird fucking supporters yelling abuse in front of children and like dressed in tracksuits. Who, who have you got to be at a sporting event, right? And this happens at the AFL all the time. So like I'm sitting in row 20 and the guy in row 14 that morning woke up and he's like, I'm going to bring a 50-foot flag to this game. I'm going to bring a 50-foot flag to this game. So you sit down. And some fucking Essendon Bombers guy pulls out a flag that's longer than your fucking house and just starts flying it. So I don't... Oh, you, you too. What the fuck? You, you don't get to see... It's like sitting behind Shaquille O'Neal at a fucking... At, at the ballet. Like, you can't see a single thing. So, yeah. I don't... That didn't answer the question at all, but I didn't enjoy the AFL. Um, but <laughs> well, what's your favourite then? Not your, worst, not your least favourite. What's your favourite? Obviously, winning Shoot Shield a few times would have been pretty good. Honestly, I don't. I don't like going to live events that much because I you got to get a people. I don't like people. No, you got to get a train or a bus or a fucking something, and then you got to pay like thirty dollars for a diet coke. And also, you can if you actually love the game. So I'm, I'm probably only doing union. 
Um, I want to see the game properly. So if I'm sitting fucking on 122, I'm not going to see what's happening at the other 22. Um, I'm sure if I went to a World Cup final or something like that, it'd be great. Um, one of my best ones was going to an AHL game in America, hockey. Like the one under oh, NHL. The one, awesome. the one under NHL. Fucking $2 beers and people fight and it was awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I got to admit the Super Rugby Grand Final was awesome. That was a great time. And the other thing that I think everyone, regardless of whether you like rugby or not, should do in their lifetime is do a weekend at the Hong Kong Sevens. Absolutely yeah, incredible. I, I've heard that's that's uh, that's without a doubt a must-do, like must-do. You um, do not feel the same afterwards. Let's just put it that way. But, yeah, absolutely incredible. Incredible. That was a great question. Um, who asked that question? Mr. Ed Craig, sensible question. Thank you, sir. He's a sensible man. Mate, that's all. That's all I had. All right, good uh, for you. So I'm not do done you, yet. Do you want to take it away from here? You want to, mate? This, honestly, enjoying this so much. Just fucking you go. I've got one thing. I saw. I've actually got a whole plethora of different things. Not all of them annoy me. The the Angus Tarver red card on the weekend was. It, it was just the absolute epitome of fucking stupidity in rugby laws. It was painful to watch. And then I'm sure fucking Irish supporters are celebrating like they've fucking done something. Like a guy got sent off for fucking having a head clash, getting knocked out, getting probably a lot of stitches. That really, really, really annoyed me. But while we're on Kiwis, I was fucking watching something the other week. The, you know, the Prime Minister's been out because, I don't know, had to meet fucking Albo. Um, she's got the shits because we deport Kiwi uh, criminals. Did you say that at all? I didn't know. So, ScoMo, um, like if you're a Kiwi citizen and you, I don't know, do a, commit an armed robbery, they deport you back to New Zealand. So they should. Well, that's, she's got a problem with that and we are now reassessing that. Um, right. Why is that a problem? Because they don't want to pay for their own people. Well, she's saying like, oh, well, if they're a Kiwi citizens, but they've, you know, barely lived in New Zealand. I don't know. I'd see it as a fucking non-issue. I'd be deporting them as well. But what also came up is they're going to assess um, whether permanent res- New, Ze- New Zealand only permanent residents should be ha- should have voting rights in Australia. And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Do you think voting should be compulsory in this country?" Uh, it's I a, know you know what's going on. It's an enigma. It's a, it's an enigma because it's like. Almost the point of democracy is everyone gets a say, but is it not therefore undemocratic to make everyone do it? You have to have a say. So maybe you shouldn't have to vote. Maybe you shouldn't have to vote. I don't know. But it, I, to give voting rights to fucking re- to citizens of a different country is fucking bewildering. Well, I don't give a fuck who's running this country, so I can only imagine they'd give even less of a fuck. Okay. You know what I mean? So that really fucking threw me for six. Um, yeah. I've also got, I need to tell this story because it is very relatable. I'm sure you'll have something similar, right? So Eastwood TG, right? It's sort of its own like little epicenter. So it's got like the food, the club, you know, people drinking in there every day, stuff like that. It's the gym's pretty good now. Um, but facilities wise, you know, it's not amazing. Um, and I suppose the challenge of all clubs in our comp 
is to be as professional as you can, I think. And that's where it's gone the last five years. We've gone away from just get the best team, roll up two nights a week to like as professional as you can, treat it professionally, train professionally, expect professional outcomes sort of thing. And a lot of guys will play professionally. So we're setting up last night in our change room, which we do a bit of review, a bit of preview, that sort of thing. Got the boys in there. There's a bit of steam coming from the... It's sort of connected, to, obviously, to the showers. It's a change room. Like, we don't have a fucking cinema. bit of steam coming from the showers. A homeless man showering uh, in our showers. At, at Milner. Correct. Wow. So, we're, you know, obviously, a fair, fair few hours have gone into this prep. The boys are all here on a Monday, five of them, you know, from the Central Coast. There is a, your, do you not lock your... Um... There is a completely naked, soaked up, homeless man showering in our showers. Um to which point I was going to give him the tap on the shoulder. And I did two or three of our players went in to go to the toilet only to come out very confused that a 65 year old homeless man is fully nude and staring at them. Um, so just the app, just the, just the, the unique environment in which we play and coach rugby being the shoot shield where you can have some elements that are flying and you can have the a naked, yeah. you can have a naked homeless guy. Who lives at Milner pretty much, actually. Oh, like, it's not the first time I've seen him, but like, he needs to start picking his shower times better because that's the second time we've gone in for a meeting and he's been absolutely starker. So that was last night. Second, second, second time. Yeah. I like, I've seen, I've seen him all the time, but I, he drives his car in when the gates open. Um, so that, why doesn't he just, oh, so he lives in his car, but he just showers there, basically. Is that right? Yeah. But he's got to stop showering at six because that's when we're doing our review. So, if for some reason he does manage to download this podcast, mate, just move it to five forty-five. We're not going to have an issue. But it's just like you're trying, you're trying to run a professional setup, and then you've got a naked sixty-five-year-old homeless man in the corner of your room. That's outstanding. I love that. Is he a good yeah. bloke at least? Kinda. Like I, I, I feel for him. The fact that I'm glad he can shower in hindsight, but I'm, I don't want him nude near my players. Which I don't think is too much to ask. Uh, James Whalen would not be able to control himself. Absolutely, did no. It's very funny. I like. I literally looked at Bash. I was like, Bash, you want me to tell the old mate to sort of maybe end the shower, wrap it up pretty soon? And he's like, I suppose. Like, what? I, this is not in the coaching manual. This is not. They do not teach you at the level two. What if homeless man in shower? The things that head coaches have to go through. We should try and get some of them on here because. The more, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I, I just like being a Ford's coach. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm exactly the same. Like currently, Ben's driving around Sydney trying to find somewhere for us to train tonight. So I think he's done it, but it's a fucking, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, wait, I, the general manager does that. I don't know. I don't know how things are divided. <laughs> don't you fucking poke me either, you motherfucker. Um, but yeah, there's a few ghosts of, I call them the ghosts of Milner, but there's a few people who are just there every day doing the same thing. He's one of them. I kind of like the breakup of the routine. So, you know, I appreciate that. Keep sharing at Milner um, all the time. Thank you, sir. There's a, there's another dude who hangs out on the top oval during the day and I run into him occasionally and he's like an old, he's like 75. He he's, used to be a hairdresser <sighs> and he goes, oh, is, you know, What's your name? I go, Jake Gillespie. He goes, oh, I know Gillespie. I, was, I said, yeah, it's, it's my dad. And he goes, oh, 
like he still thinks it's 1980. So I don't know whether he's got like something in his brain on, but he's like, how's so-and-so going? I'm like, so-and-so, he played for the Wallabies in the late seventies. And he's like, huh. He's been dead for five yeah, years. So I, yeah. So during COVID, actually, I wouldn't assume to say that, not during COVID, obviously it'd be dead. I'd go up there every day and the same four or five people are just doing their routine. They're just ghosts. So very strange setup, but like, that's just what semi-professional rugby is, I suppose. You believe that we shut the world down for two years? No, and you, they're trying to fucking do it again. I'm not mask doing mandates. Did you see that? Oh, uh, mask they're not, mandates. They're not, they're, not fucking... man, they're not mandating it, but they're recommending that you wear masks again. I don't want to. And you know what? I'm so. I, I was just listening. How many fucking times we're going to have to get vaccinated? Honestly, how many fucking times? How many times you've been vaccinated? I've done the two. I'm not doing the, the third one. I've done the two as well, and I copped an f- absolute smattering from the actual flu itself. Like I don't want. I don't want to go. I don't want to do three. Uh, I'm not doing the third unless it stops me from traveling or going to the pub. Yeah. Okay. No wait. I'm not done yet, and I've got to go yeah, through. Sorry. Okay. Here's one for you. Obviously, I go after the ball, high ball, jump in the air. You come through, tackle me in the air. Illegal, correct? Yes. Unless I'm competing for it. But if I literally just tackle you, then yes. No, but if you're competing for it and you put me and I'm higher than you. Mm. Yes. How many? You'd have to see it. If there's a guy running flat on the ground and a guy jumping for the ball. Definitely a penalty. Yes. Yeah, correct. Or a yellow or a red. A penalty at minimum. Yes. All right. So here's my thing. What happens if you're at outside center and your fly half throws you and you jump for it and then I tackle you in the air? But yeah, exactly. It's a penalty, right? I've seen it yeah. given a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Why can't I run and just jump all the way down the field? <laughs> Mate, I'm being dead serious. Left, left field coaching, just jump. Well, it happened. It happened on the weekend. I can't remember which way it went. <sighs> like it, I don't. I'm not. Why I'm not saying it. Carry, why can't you just hold someone in a line out, walk sideways until you get to the try line? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I like it happened in in the respect that a bouncing ball from a line out or something, and the guy jumped up and someone sort of tackled him. He was not very high in the air. That's tackled in the air, and every time it happens, I think, well, I'm just going to jump into contact. Absolutely. I like the things that annoy you. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that that really really annoyed me. The other thing I had was sealing off, but I'm not going to do it because it's going to annoy me too much. Um, I have, uh. Two things. One, a good, just a good-natured story. A friend of mine uh, went out to Armadale to do a little uh, rugby camp for a little Christian school, and Brad Thorne turned up. That's awesome. For three days. Just randomly? I, I don't know whether they, like, extended the invite to him or I don't know, but he, my mate said he turned up for three days with his three sons, and they just did the camp and did dinners and just did everything that was there. And they they sort of went around the circle at the start. And obviously, if my mate was at the camp, the standards can't be that high of, of coaching ability. Um, and you know, they would like he sort of introduced himself, and he just sort of was like, "Oh, I'm Brad, and you know, I, I play I like to play rugby, that sort of thing." Rather than, "I'm Brad, and I'm the fucking greatest cross coat athlete of all time." Fucking ass! What a legend that guy is. So I, I, I was, I was, I was, I, be, I was bewildered by that. I thought it was a, outstanding. Well, if you're going on holidays, you don't go to Armadale. Uh, full re- or Tamworth, wherever it was. Full respect to the people that live out there, though, but I'm not going there. 
Uh, <laughs> where'd you say it was, Tamworth? No, Armadale. Armadale. Have you ever been to Armadale? Yes, I liked it. Yeah, you would because it's quiet and boring. No, it's got pubs and it's it's just like every other country town except Cowra because Cowra is way better, but it's just it's the same as all the other ones. Cowra is um, awesome. Um, that is good. Good news story. I uh, Did I tell you about the podcast I did with BPA? No. So I did a podcast with BPA and I'm like, what's Brad Thorne like as a coach? Thinking that that would be something that people would find interesting. And he said he absolutely sucked to start with. And I think his words were he was a dickhead or something to start with. But he's he's learned as he's gone and now he's absolutely outstanding. That's interesting. Those, those were his words. Like he, he changed, he learned, and he's become an outstanding coach. And uh, I had to delete it. Yeah. Well, you just said it then, though. So does that not defeat the purpose of deleting it? Um, no. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. I'm not editing this podcast, so I'm sorry, BPA. I hope you're having a great time. Yeah. Probably still, probably still celebrating his top 14 win. Yeah, he's still imagine. fucking doing the doggy somewhere. Um, one of the no, things... I'm not, I'm not deleting that. Yeah. Well, one of the things I saw last week as well was two guys now, three guys have gone from union to league lower, respectfully, lower profile. Tristan profi- Riley? Tristan Riley to the Tigers. Yeah. Gerald Skelton to the Dogs. Ooh. And Lockie Miller at Cronulla, who's made, went, who's, who's played. He just went, um, Lockie Miller went last year, though, or this year, didn't he? Yeah, but I'm, sa- start, I'm saying, like, if it's a, if it, like, Miller to the Sharks surprised me very much, knowing what I know about league and the fact that after you're a certain age, like, if you haven't really played, that it's, it's a, it's a stretch. It's a real stretch. I, I think, cause he's a cough sport and I, I used to play with his brother. I think he played growing up. So, so I think he grew up as a league. He then played rugby, and then. So oh, look, he's, he's, he's done he's really well. He's done like to make his debut. He's done really. He made his debut, which is like that's not easy. Trust me. Though, if you're a good player, like you play, you play cup every week. So making his debut, he's done incredibly well. But like the other two came absolutely out of the blue for me. Like I, not that I just I think maybe attitudes are changing. So. That's not good for Union because one thing Union's always had in their favour is the fact that league recruitment, and I was sort of in and around it for a while, are very picky about it. Like, I would show them guys who were playing Super Rugby or Shoot Shield or, like, Super Rugby and Shoot Shield, let's say, and very, very good players, and they would go, no, he's 23, he's not going to be able to fit in the system. Like, But if they saw you in a league team, to say you were 23 and you, they signed you to go play whatever the lower division is. If yeah. you proved yourself there, that they'd be likely to keep you. Is that how that worked? Yeah, but like if, say, like I had a guy on 70 at the Tars and I wanted to get him across to the Tigers, the Tigers would not pay him 70. Now, if he was 18 years old, they get him because they can put him in systems. We play flag, he gets used to running spine, passing only one way. But like, Anyone, like I remember showing them a few guys who had played a lot of Super Rugby and weren't that old, and they was just like, nah, it's too, it's too late. So these guys aren't exactly old, but they're long time out of systems if they have been in system. That's not good for, that's not good for Union because if these guys go even half decent, the trends will be that they start taking more of these guys who are cusp level shoot shield players 
and putting them in their sort of 30, 35s. And that's not good because, as I said, they've got way more money. There's way more teams. Um, it's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt that bad. I'll look at that as another breeding ground for them. Well, they can just – they can think. Just Yeah, well, it's just – it, it, it stops the race. Unfortunately, Union, what it had in its favour is if you win the race to them at 18 and you get them at 18, unless they're Joseph Sawali or like of one in a million player, then you've got them because league won't touch them after that because they it's too late. They've already lost two years of 20s. They've been playing Union. It's too late. Now that it's not too late anymore, the race is never going to stop. So, like, if you're a 21-year-old who, who's a decent footballer, like, they might pick you up. Like, Joel Skelton and Tristan Riley. Like, Tristan Riley's maybe got, what, one cap for the, the Tars, two? Something like that. He's played a few games. He's played a few games. Yeah, look, yeah. He, he's a very, very fast guy. Like, he's played a little bit of league. He played half mats or something. Joel Skelton hasn't played Super Rugby. Didn't Couldn't crack it in Melbourne. Pretty sure he has. Yeah, I did his highlights through. Pretty sure he has. Yep. Really? Lots? So. A couple games, no. Would he be in a super contract at the moment if he didn't get picked up? Probably not. Doubt, doubt, doubtful. So like, but like guys with like, let's say, sub-10 games, but um, games for Super Rugby both just being picked up by NRL player teams. That, to me, says great for young guys coming up, but bad for union. Because if Union can take all these cusp guys, Lee can take them, sorry, then we're in big trouble. It's another interesting thing for you. I was having a chat with the coach that coaches in the MLR today, and he said that the first place they look for recruits is the shoot shield. So obviously that's becoming a breeding ground for, or a recruitment ground, whatever you want to say, for the rugby over there as well. Yeah, well, I mean... That a makes- lot of teams will look here first. Sorry to cut you off. A lot of teams will look here first because after the minor team cup, if they look there, a lot of their players are uh, hanging on for Super Rugby caps uh, spots. Yep. So by the to- by the time their fates are decided, they really need you over there for major league, or they snap them up late or something. But I thought that was interesting as well. So if you if you play well in the Shoot Shield, major league clubs are looking at you. Yeah, I mean, for a while, I remember being there myself and a lot of like vacancies or like things or, you know, just whatever. And it'd say, I'm, I might attend, ITM back then, might attend cup, NRC equivalent. And NRC yeah. was, the, was the measuring board stick, which is fucking insane. Um, but shoot shield sort of a measuring stick now, which is, which is good. So you can be a guy who is, has exclusively played shoot shield and pick up a contract overseas. You just have to be very good. Um, which is, you know, the, uh, it's a little, a little bonus incentive for anyone playing week in, week out. Like if you, if you're a very, very good player in the shoot shield and you get no love from Super Rugby, which is very fucking possible, um, you can go to fucking, I don't know, LA or you can go to like some, most of that, most of those guys who went like with DC, like Harrison Goddard had what played one cap. He didn't have a contract at the time. Abel hadn't, didn't have anything. Um, the second rower from Rambi. Uh, what's his name? Van Hoy. Yeah. Um, like, uh, was he extended, extended at the Tars or something? Or no? I think he did like a, played a couple a of pre-season. games. A pre-season. That's what I mean. Yeah. So like, you know, three, there's three guys there. And well, like. They said, that's what this guy said to me, that the players they're looking at are like your friend super rugby players who are probably good enough, but not getting a crack for some reason. Hmm. So there'd be guys running around, definitely. There's guys running around right now who will be in the MLR next year. I'll say there's there's more than five guys playing shoot shield at the moment who'll be in the MLR next year. 
that's got to lean on it. Def, definitely more than five. Definitely more than five. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, that is what interesting. Else is happening? I, did you have any other like talking points or statements to make? I like. I feel like this is good therapy for you each week, and I just enjoy listening to it. My last note is Eastwood homeless man. Um, TMO. I've written. So I write notes throughout the week on things that. Um, Fury. Eh? No, or I find interesting. One thing I found, I, I went to training last Tuesday, and of course it's raining, so we trained indoors somewhere, um, and I shut my laptop, and then when I got home, I opened my laptop, and the screen was smashed, and I thought- Did you take some, it out with you, or was it just- No, like, I left it on the lounge, so I thought, has someone broken into my house, realized that there's nothing valuable, and as a punishment, <laughs> smashed my laptop for wasting their time? I what don't do you think know. There's a conspiracy theory, like Apple have something within the computer to, to explode it, like Mission yeah, Impossible, yeah. maybe. But I had to go get a new MacBook, um, which is not good news for me financially. But it's infuriating. You can put. I sound like my fucking grandparents now, like with the shit that happened. I can't believe you can just sit one Mac next to another and it just takes all the files. And all the software, everything. Here's something for you, Jed. That's if fucking do, ridiculous. If I do copy copy on my phone, I can paste on my iPad. I think I can do that now as well. You, you would be able to. It's yeah, a, amazing, that is amazing. fucking stupid. So why do I have to still have cords for anything? If I can I do that. This, I was thinking this today. When you were a five-year-old boy, would you ever go, I'm going to pay for things with my phone? No, you know, I mean, you, just, you know how you could just do the fucking click, click thing and just tap it with your phone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you grew up, hubby. When I was five, I wasn't paying for anything. My parents were paying for it. Oh, it's nothing's changed. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like that's how much society's involved. Yeah, I do. I do remember. Hungry, you can press an app on your phone and it will deliver straight to you. I've never done that, but I'll take your word for it. Um, the yeah, I do remember that when like Apple Pay sort of thing came out and like. A few of my fancier friends had it, and I just remember fucking wank. Like, why the fuck? I, I only got it last year because I thought I'll just use my card. Oh, I never. Well, now I, I, I haven't had a wallet for like seven months, but I don't I need where my bank cards. Yeah, you don't need a driver's license or a bank card anymore because it's all on your. Well, phone. the downside of that is someone does have my bank card, but the upside is I, they're not <laughs> they're not using it because there's, there's no money in it. So whoever has it, enjoy. You can sell the leather. Um, Shout out to Hugh Roach there. Actually, Hugh Roach in Sydney. I'd like to get him live on the pod if we if we could. Uh, he's, he, well, he'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> yeah. He's a big, he's a big Jed Gillespie I thought, fan. Mate. I thought there was going to be a butt to that, but you just, yeah, oh, he's in. Oh, he'll do it. He's a big fan of the pod. He's in. We're a big fan of that guy on this program. Uh, you know, Hugh, open invitation. I know you're listening. Mate, this um, has been a great episode. Yeah, it's been very interesting. So, well, how do you who do we like? Kyle Sheewan wins, I believe. Yeah, you know the thing about Kyle Sheewan is he doesn't get a lot of wins in his life. So, for him to win anything, I think is a is a credit to him. He certainly knew. Actually, you know what? He was the one who sent me the screenshot. So he's just set this whole fucking thing up in the inception. If this is inception, because he sent it to me after the game, and I thought. Don't send me that. I'm already angry. And then he asked the question. So he's completely fucked me to get himself a T-shirt. I'm not sure you earned that. Well, we don't have to give it to him. Like, you don't have to honour your promise. No, I do want to honour it, but you watch. You'll sell it. He's a tight ass. You'll sell it. Is he? Is he? 
Also, any any t-shirt designer, not designer, I've already designed it, but anyone that prints t-shirts out there, please reach out to the show. Um, we need a little bit of assistance. The other thing is, if anyone would like to come board, on board as an unpaid intern to do some editing, <laughs> you're more than welcome. Uh, you'll be paid in some caffeine gum, not a lot. And um, what else do we need? That's pretty much it. Anyone yeah, I've got like social media. I've got like seven, eight tablets six months ago, so you, you'll get a little bit more than that. Um, That's right. Yeah, Mr. X may or may not take over an element of that, but yeah, we are looking for unpaid um, <laughs> unpaid employees. We really have to come up with some kind of business plan. Well, some, some fu- I'm sure there's some fucking absolute smoke show chick at Sydney Uni who's in her 20s and not in her teens who wants to do some sort of social software thing with her career and can come in and just do all this work for us. And then we get married and I have a family and Chubby comes to the wedding and the podcast is a big hit. I wanted to become a wedding celebrant. I thought it'd be fun. I have to go to a wedding soon and by have to, I want to go to the wedding. The have to element comes in because my mother is marrying two of my friends. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, don't, I uh, wish you could just just do other people's weddings. Like everyone yeah, says, you you just want to get loose and fucking do degenerate activities, and it's just a bit weird when your mum's there. I don't know. She talks in a particular way when she's being serious, and it's just everyone's gonna be like, "That's oh, Chad. That's Chad's mum. What's she doing up there? I didn't know Chad's mum was a priest." Like, yeah. Anyway. We'll figure it out. Can I ask you a question? What's the balance between seriousness and fun? Is there a balance and how do you manage it? What's the setting? Terrain. Give me the terrain. Community semi-professional sport. What's the balance between making it fun and making it professional? It has to be a little bit fun, doesn't it? It really does. Um, I think winning is the funnest thing, so maybe I'm skewed the wrong way. I think everyone would have their own opinions. Um, I'm happy to be jovial. Um, I'm I'm not a super fucking angry coach at all, but I just want to get the things done we need to get done. If on the way we fucking have a laugh or like there's a funny joke, you got to take it. That's fine. But we, are you, the outcomes you, that you need, you still you still got to hit. You got to hit. You got to get you what you need. And if you're not getting it, then perhaps you need. Less fun than next week, or maybe you need more fun because you've been having none. So, like, it is a fucking hard balance. And I think at times I would lean towards less like, like, I'm not going to set up a game or like a fun quiz thing um, because I'm probably too goal driven. So, like, I put you got to remind yourself, or Ben reminds me, or something like that, um, because I'd prefer to just fucking nail all my line outs, you know. But you, it's definitely important to have that other element because, I mean, guys are giving up their time. And they, yes, and, and it gets into a bit of a grind. I, I'm, I'm just curious because, you know, I've got my theories on it and I like to hear other people's theories on it. But uh, I think if it's not fun, you shouldn't probably be doing it. And two, I think you're right. Winning is more fun than anything else. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Everything so, tastes better. Everything feels better. Training's more enjoyable when you're winning. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's uh, I I think when you're doing things well, 
fun comes. So like, I know that my, the our pack did a lot of fucking lot of work on their line out in like November, so that now they know what things that they don't have to be reminded of and they can probably have a little bit more fun in the sessions than they would if we were if we'd start in February. So like yeah. I still think it's like knowledge base effort first and then we've got to slip some fun in there. I agree. What about degenerate activities off field? Are you a big supporter of that? Um you know officially? I know unofficially you are but officially mm. Not really. I, I I don't know. I think everyone should just do whatever they like. I mean, we've all been in teams like I've been in teams, believe it or not, not everything was like the Barbarians trip. Like I've been in teams where like fuck we just five or six guys love just playing cards. Playing cards, hanging out, you know. Like even when we went to Cow, some of the guys like just had some beers in their room, you know, and just because that's what they like to do. Some people don't like drinking beers. So the general activities I don't know. I think everyone should do what they like. I think it's good to get the team together every now and again, even if it's slightly forced. Um, <laughs> because, you know, not a lot of these guys have heaps of spare time. Like they've got families or whatever. So it is nice to get the team together for dinners, things like that every now and again. You know, 75% of the team will then want to have beers and go to a bar. And I think that's really good. It's a good way to bond, I suppose, a very old school term, but. No, nah, I'm not. I'm certainly not. Wouldn't force it. I think people should just be happy, as, as long as it doesn't affect their performances. Do whatever the fuck you like. Yeah, I mean, we're in a unique position where I don't think anyone in our team's going out midweek or fucking doing anything that it's I too, use. Too fucking expensive in Sydney at the moment. Well, too I did me, myself. Joe Barry, Tom Hill went out every Wednesday for the entire 2014, and so that in no way indicates like that doesn't represent success. If you know you won. Exactly. So, like, that's just not fair. But, no. well, actually, Tom Hill made his debut for Hong Kong on the weekend. So, yeah, one of my countrymen. How good. Hong Kong, holla, city of squalor. <laughs> They're playing Tonga on the Gold Coast. We should go to that. <laughs> it's a slight step up from fucking Chinese Taipei or whoever the fuck they played last week. Korea. Korea. A lot of professional rugby players come out of Korea. Go to actually, Korea. I read. I read online that North Korea won that 100 nil. Was that true? I don't know. You're obviously a big fan of North Korea, and uh, I'm actually fascinated by North Korea. And as you, uh, you, to no support, YouTube. yeah, I've done it. Completed YouTube it. Rabbit hole. Oh, done it. Awesome. I've done the. I've I'll done the. I've, 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 oh, me and Mister X actually looked at travel plan trips. And it's, we thought about it. We're still thinking about it. It's just, there's some dodgy shit. Like, if you'd fucking take a photo or do something bad in a hotel room, which you and Mr. X definitely would do, then no, they'd get wouldn't. you and arrest you. That guy who stole a poster, they delivered him back to the States. He died an hour later. Like, you, you can't do any. I wouldn't be doing anything if I was but there. How do you know that you're not doing the wrong thing? In Pyongyang, I'd be absolutely. Pyongyang. Pyongyang, I would be walking with my fucking fingers crossed and just saying thank you, Supreme Leader, to everyone who talks to me. Um, underrated movie, The Interview. Very funny movie. Very funny movie. <laughs> but North Korea. Oh, fuck. I actually need to go to training soon. Um, North Korea oh, is... No, no, it's fine. I need to say about North Korea. I've done... I did that rabbit hole. I've done podcast rabbit holes. It was sort of... sort of Russian made. And then the... This dynasty was just put in power. Like 
80 years ago. It is truly bizarre to think that there's just this tiny country in Asia where no one gets to eat food and everyone thinks that like the other, the, the rest of the world doesn't exist and we're all just sweet with it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You can't go like team America and just fucking invade, but like it's, it's fucking bizarre that, that countries like that exist. Team America is a great movie as well. <laughs> like China's kind of like that, but like, bro, you, I'm sure you've seen the video of the guy escaping across the border. Really? Uh, in North Korea or China? Yeah, North Korea. Yeah, I've, I've seen the video. Yeah. The one where he's fucking hooning, so he's clearly gone, fuck it. Because they, if you escape, they kill your family <coughs> and then they kill, they kill anyone related to you. So like, you, you have guilt for leaving. They had that chick on Rogan who got out and ended up With in the Harvard. huge fake whippies. Excuse me? It's got fake tits. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I don't know. You sent me the photos. Are talking, she's, she's, are we talking about the one who like went to Harvard and fucking MIT and shit? Yeah. Okay. Well, kudos to her for being well-rounded. Um, but there's a dude and he's just flying down this motorway and there's just guns going at him. He crashes into a tree, crawling across to the, try and get to the South Korean border bit where all their dudes have aimed up and he sort of plays dead and the South Koreans have to come across in the middle of the night, drag him back over the border. Like they do not like you leaving over there. It's like people when they try and leave the Shire, like if they just don't let you, they don't let it happen. They let you win. They let you leave though. They're like, you are bred here. You're staying here. Um, This is easily my funnest episode ever. You're on fire today. I just wish I could match your fucking red hot intensity. But that that would be a fucking awful podcast because it'd just be if I was Crazy. talking to my if I was talking to myself, we'd both go insane, and then the, I don't know the computer would explode or something. But I think I, I don't know. I, look, I think this is going to get a lot of views. So if you're listening to this or downloads, if you're listening to this, tell someone, tell everyone because this is fucking fun to do. And uh, I really want to keep not having a real job for as long as I can. Oh well, yeah, I, I was uh, I, I was digging a hole today, so I'm happy. Actually, I don't mind digging holes. So you know what, the manual labor is good. I like manual, I like manual labor. I like having when you're smoke. not playing rugby, it's good. I reckon. Oh, hundred percent. As soon as you start playing rugby again, um, <sighs> fuck I don't me. know how the guys who are, who are on site all day go and train. Oh, six no idea. Now. No idea. I like, with how hard they train. When I was working in the factory for a bit, and I, the boys would get in an hour before me to get extra money. It's like five o'clock till four forty-five without talking, and then they go to right. training. I'm like, mate, you're just you- brain dead and fucked, eh? Yeah. All right, all right. All right. You got to go. Just last inspirational message for the people before we go. Four twenty-one. Please talk to me, Jed. Anything anything to leave our people with today? Anything bothering you? I must admit, several people enjoyed your rant on rugby Instagram influencers last week. I got some very positive feedback. Oh, they're them. so fucking bad. Um, anything? No, they're still in my algorithm. They're super bad. The, my tip of the week is go and follow the Rugby Network on Instagram. So they're an American rugby page and they love rugby, so that's good. Um, they post the fucking worst highlight clips you will ever see, ever, ever, ever. Like any given five-minute excerpt from a subbies game on the weekend would have five times the highlights. So go and follow that and be as angry as I am. Because whenever I see, 
I get sent them every day by someone. They're awful. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you got this far, please keep sending those to Jed. Send nudes and most. Please subscribe, like, share, tell everyone. Jed, congratulations on the work rate this week on the Instagram page. Big fan of that. Um, building the brand slowly. Man, I've got nothing else. This has been fun. Yeah, really Absolutely fun. fun. Best of luck this weekend. Who you guys got this week? Gordon? North. No. Norse. Good luck against Norse. Hope you beat them. You too. Uh, Who you got? We've got Manly. So Yeah, beat them. That'd be good. That would be fun. And we'll talk again next week. We'll talk uh, soon. Most, most importantly of all, guys, by caffeine. Bye. I actually got to go as well, Chubby. <laughs> <laughs>